Amazing. Thank you, Hannah. Uh, it's awesome to, well, I would say see so many of you, but I know so many people are in the church building, which is so cool um, to see some of you guys walking past the room as I'm here right now. Um, but I want to start off today. We are on week two of our Explain series, looking all at the Bible. I want to start off with a little bit of a story. I hope that's okay. Uh, but this story is about a wedding. Okay. Do you remember those things where people used to get married before COVID? Um, so this story is about a wedding. And so this was a guy and a girl who were from two very different tribes. Now these tribes were super, super different. And the groom decided to make a bet with a bunch of people from the, the bride's tribe. Um, and so he made a bet that they wouldn't be able to work out this riddle that he came up with. And so these guys, they're going a bit mental. They're trying to work out what the answer to this riddle is. And so they go up to the bride and they're like, hey, you need to tell us what the answer to this riddle is because we need to know. Like, congratulations on your wedding and all of that, but we need to know the answer. Um, and at PS, if you don't tell us, we are going to kill you and kill your parents, right? A bit extreme, I know, um, but that's how the story goes. And so the, the bride, she tries to find out the answer. She goes to the groom and is like, what is the answer to this riddle? I need to know. Um, and eventually the groom caves and he tells her the answer. And so she takes the answer to this group of guys um, and they win the bet. And so the groom, he gets a bit mad um, and then he goes off and he kills a bunch of people and then flees town. I know, crazy story, right? But it doesn't stop there. Then the father of the bride is like, okay, well, that was not the best wedding reception. I don't know what happened there. Um, so I'll tell you what, you can get married again. Go find somebody else, get married again. It's all going to be okay. A few months later, the groom comes back and goes to the father and is like, whoa, where is my wife gone? And so the father's trying to explain it like, well, she went off and got married again. We didn't think you were coming back. Nothing to do with the fact that you killed everyone, by the way. Um, but you know what? I've got another daughter and she's younger. She's prettier. You'll like her more, right? Good job the other sister wasn't in the room at that time. Um, but he says that, and the, the groom is like, no way. I want my wife back. So clearly, not having any anger management while he's been away, he goes and he captures a bunch of foxes, right? Random, I know. And do you know what he does with the foxes? He sets fire to the foxes' tails and they run around and they set fire to all the orchards and all the olive groves in the area. Moral of the story is this, animal cruelty is wrong. I'm kidding, I don't know what the moral of the story is, but you know what's weird about that story? That is a story in the Bible. It's in Judges chapter 14 and 15, right? And I grew up with all these crazy stories, ones like the foxtail story, and thinking, how on earth does this make any sense? How does this apply to my life? Like, I'm not gonna set any foxes' tails on fire, and I'm probably not gonna do any betting at weddings anyway. Um, so how does this apply to my life? How does any of this make sense? And so last week, we started speaking about the Bible and how Jesus is the point of the Bible. And that when the Bible gets confused, Jesus can help us navigate what is going on in the Bible by telling us all about God and the story of God and humans. See, but what about the foxtail story, right? I know what you're thinking. Jesus isn't even in that story. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, what about the stories I don't understand? The stories where voices come out of fire. The stories where donkeys talk, right? What about the stories where a hand appears, right? Just a hand, no body, floating and writing on a wall. What about those kinds of stories, right? Because they don't make any sense. And see, here's the thing. Sometimes there is a difference between what we hear about the Bible and what we experience when we actually read the Bible. 
See, we are told so many times, and you've probably heard it loads of times if you've been here for a while, that actually when we read the Bible, it helps us live our lives better. It helps to guide us, and it helps change our lives. But when we read the Bible for ourselves, sometimes it is just confusing. And so how can something so confusing ever be helpful to us? Surely we're doing something wrong. Surely there's a better way of reading it. And so I think that there is a better way that we can read the Bible. And I want to start with a couple of basics for you today. Now, you've probably seen a Bible. It's that big book, right, that sits at the front of the church and someone opens it every now and again, right? But there's more to the Bible than that. The Bible is split into two sections, the Old Testament, which is before Jesus, and the New Testament, which is the life of Jesus and his followers after Jesus ascends to heaven. And within those two sections, there is a bunch of different documents, different um, books within those two sections. In fact, there are 66 books within the Bible. And see, here's the thing. I think a lot of us read the Bible very wrong. Now, imagine this for a minute. Imagine in a few thousand years, somebody found a bunch of books that you've read and that you had written in. Okay? So, you've got a maths revision book. Okay, this isn't a maths revision book. It's just all I could find. A maths revision book, right? And also, you've got your history revision because, you know, A-level history is difficult. And so, all the stuff about world wars and all of that and then you've got a bunch of instagram feed articles and on top of that you've just got some books that you really enjoy reading and now imagine this you bind all of those books together into one book now imagine trying to read this and even though every one of these books has been a part of your life if somebody read those in a few thousand years as a story of your life surely that wouldn't make sense, right? Uh, they'd read it as if this person lived all the way through World War One, World War Two, right up until when phones were invented. Oh, wow, maths. Okay, this person loved maths, right? It wouldn't make any sense. And I know what you're thinking, Harvey, you have lost the plot, right? But I think a lot of us read the Bible that way. I think a lot of us, just because all of these books are put within one book, the Bible, we read them as if they're all the same thing. But actually, we need to start to read these 66 different books differently. And I think there's one thing that can help us understand these books, and it is this, context. See, I think it's helpful if we stop seeing the Bible as one book and we start seeing it as the 66 different documents, uh, a poem from one person to a loved one, a, a letter from a person to a church far away. What if we started to read these as stories of people who actually walked alongside Jesus? Because here's the thing. Context changes everything. Context changes everything. And I want to give you one example today. Real quick. Philippians 4, 13, it says this. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Right? That is an incredible verse. Okay? Isn't that awesome? I can do anything through Christ who gives me strength. Right? That means I can become a millionaire through Christ who gives me strength. I can play football like Messi through Christ who gives me strength. Do you know what? I can win Fortnite Battle Royale through Christ who gives me strength. I can get that girlfriend or that boyfriend through Christ who gives me strength. Do you know what? This seems like some kind of genie that I've come across. You know where you kind of rub a lamp and you get free wishes, right? This is sick. Right? I am going to live my dream life now. But here's the thing. When you look at the context... It doesn't quite mean what you think it means. See, when we understand the context, it changes everything. There is this letter from Paul 
in Philippians. So that is where this verse is found. Now Paul is in prison. He's just been arrested for being a Christian and he's writing a letter to a church. Okay. And this letter is basically saying thank you for all of the times they've supported him, all of the money that they've sent him. But he's saying, you know what? You don't need to send me this money anymore. And if you look at the verses before this verse, he's actually saying, you know what? I have learned to live with little and I've learned to live with a lot. I've learned to be content no matter what I've got. Okay? That kind of rhyme. That wasn't deliberate. Um, but I've learned to be okay. Even though I'm in prison right now, I'm going to be okay. Why can, why can you be content in this situation? That doesn't make sense. But Philippians 4, 13. Because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He depended on his relationship with Christ, even in the prison, even when he was finding it difficult, even when he had a lot or had a little, he learned that actually he could be content and he could have peace if he started looking at Christ. And so here's the thing. We read this as a passage all about the genie lamp, right? We can do all things. But actually, when we look at context, it's a verse saying that no matter what we face, no matter how difficult life gets, no matter what prisons we get stuck in, no matter how difficult things are, if we just start to look at God, if we stop looking at the prison and start looking at the palace of God, then actually we're going to be okay because Jesus can bring us peace and get us through our situations and through our struggles. See, when we understand context, it helps us understand the meaning of the things that we don't understand. Why is that? And here's my bottom line today. Write it down, put it on your Instagram story, whatever you want to do. Context creates clarity. Okay, I'll say that one more time. Context creates clarity. See, like we spoke about last week, uh, the point of the Bible is to get to know God better. And see, if that is the case, then it is way too important to just guess what is going on. See, if we miss the backstory, if we miss the big picture, then we risk missing out on understanding the God who is behind all of it. If we miss the backstory, then we risk missing who God is. And so I've got four questions that you can ask yourself when reading parts of the Bible that you don't understand. Okay, and these are going to go out on Instagram later, um, and hopefully your leaders can read them out to you if you want to know what those questions are so that you can make a note of them in a bit. But I'll read them out quickly. Number one, who wrote it and who was it written to? See, a lot of the time, the Bible makes more sense once we understand uh, why a certain document, why a certain book is written. Who is it written from and who is it written to? It helps us understand what is going on. Number two, why was it written? See, when you figure out why something is, you understand what is going on a lot more. Was it a poem written to a loved one? Was it a story written about the life of Jesus? Was it... Um, a letter from one person to another person. Why was it written? Number three, what made people think it was worth recording? Okay, what made someone think this is worth sharing with people for 2,000 years and beyond? What was it about that book? What was it, was it about that document, that poem? What was so important about it? And number four, is it helpful to me or not? Is it helpful for me to read right now? Because here's the thing. We believe that the Bible is super important all the time. Okay, at Life Central, we really believe that. But here's the thing. Not every verse of the Bible, not every story in the Bible is always going to be as helpful to you as every other verse. Sometimes things will be more helpful to you and sometimes they won't be as helpful to you. And that is okay. 
See, that is super important for us to, to ask those four questions when we're reading things we don't understand, because we believe completely that the Bible changes lives. We believe completely that when we read the Bible and we begin to um, understand who God is, understand who Jesus is, that it really can change our lives for the better and guide us and help us. All of those things we said at the start. But if we're going to understand who God is completely, then we have to understand that context creates clarity. And we need to find out what the context is so that we don't miss out on understanding the God who is behind all of it. Okay, so we are going to break out into our hangout groups right now. Um, some of you guys are already there in person. Uh, for the rest of you, you'll be put into groups. It should appear on your screen. Just click, uh, go to the room, uh, join, whatever it says, um, and end up in that room. And we will see you soon. Thank you.